We're all advocates. We're the backbone. We're the backbone of the nation. We're the backbone of the state of Texas. Creates a healthy community. So, you know, eat local, buy local, support your local farmers. Welcome back to another episode of The Advocates. I'm Wade Howard, joined by my co-host, Dan Sell. I want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Dan, where are we headed? Wade, we're going to be moving to uh, Houston, Texas here with a man named Tyler Froberg. Uh, he's an urban farmer as well as someone who has chicken tractors. And for for one who does not know what that is, you might want to listen to this podcast. Well, Tyler, how are you doing today? Oh man, I'm doing great. We uh, we're in the rainy season, and it didn't rain today, so it was it was a good. Well, that's <laughs> that's great. I know Houston can be this be extra humid this time of year. Uh, it's Wade Howard, Farmer Dan, and Tyler Froberg. Um, Tyler, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I was uh, born and raised down here in Alvin, Texas, which uh, is is a bit south of Houston, uh, in in the great county of Brazoria. And so my family farms strawberries uh, and some mixed fruits and vegetables. But we do. Uh, my family does a strawberry you pick um, every year. Pretty decent size operation, small grocery store there. So born and raised there. Very active uh, in FFA coming up. We showed animals and. Uh, you know, judged and all that good stuff. Upon graduating high school, I uh, joined the United States Army because I had a goal of becoming an agriculture science teacher. And uh, the only way I could really pay for college was, you know, with that great, great GI Bill. So spent four years in the Army, got out, came back and worked on my family's operation uh, while I was going to school. Um, and then uh, upon graduating, got hired on with my alma mater, Alvin, Alvin ISD, and had the, got the uh, incredible opportunity to, to teach high school. Uh, and I loved it. Um, but while doing that, I got approached by a farm called Hope Farms, which is a nonprofit farm um, within the Houston city limits. And uh, they asked if I was interested in starting a farmer training program uh, specifically for veterans. Uh, and uh, I mean, <laughs> I had to, <laughs> you know, I absolutely had to getting to work with fellow veterans and, and getting to share what I love uh, and what I'm passionate about for vegetable production uh, was just, I mean, an incredible opportunity. So I had to jump on it. So that's where I'm at now. I'm the farmer training and veteran program manager for Hope Farms. Um, and I should should add, I graduated from Texas Tech. Now, I did go online. Uh, so I, I wasn't up there in Lubbock. I, I was down here. I, I was married with kids and all that while going to school. Uh, but I, I received my bachelor's in horticulture and minor in ag leadership. That's that's a long bit right there. Uh, well, first a, off, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. that's great. That's I, you're doing a lot. Uh, first off, Tyler, I want to thank you for your service. I really appreciate that. And and I mean, yeah, it was for the GI Bill, but still, that's four years of your life that uh, – played a major role in in our future in America but uh so with you being so close to to a civilized place if you will what kind of security and how how do you keep things from just all of a sudden disappearing over there yeah so there's several unique aspects to urban farming which is we're definitely considered that we're within the the city limits we're seven acres uh there at Hope Farms uh, but we're in the middle of the Sunnyside uh, community, which is a neighborhood there. Um, and and <laughs> security is just one of the things that uh, that is a concern. To speak on security, I'll say that 
uh, when the farm first started, I, I wasn't there, but this is what I've been told. When the farm first started, there were security issues. Um, however, the farm is there uh, not just to train veterans, not just to produce good food, but that community in itself is actually a food desert. And so there's virtually no fresh food available to the people within this community. And so part of Hope Farm's mission um, and its parent organization, Recipe for Success, is to provide fresh food to that community. And so w- when you smack a farm uh, down right in the middle of Houston, sure, the first year, maybe first two years, uh, you're going to deal with with theft. You're going to deal with things like that. They had citrus trees getting stolen right out of the ground. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's a true story. Uh, however, after after a couple years, uh, where when the once the community started to really get behind the farm and and believe in what they were doing, and I mean ate, eating the food from the farm, uh, there less and less of that. Uh, since I've been there, we've had zero security issues, uh, w- which is fantastic. There, there's <laughs> that's the easy part at this point with urban farming. <laughs> there's soil health. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're clay gumbo soil for the majority down here, uh, which is extremely hard to work. Um, marketing. I mean, the, the list goes on when it comes to urban farming. Right. So, so go ahead, Wade. So it's, I, 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 the, the concept of urban farming kind of intrigues me. You know, Dan, Dan lives in Booker, Texas, um, not necessarily a thriving metropolis. Um, we, we live here in Dublin, Texas. Um, when, when people come and, and, and want to learn about urban farming, how do you kind of start them out on that journey from going to um, knowing nothing to calling themselves an urban farmer? Yeah, so that's a great question. And so uh, that's actually the first question that my my students uh, ask me is, well, when do I know I'm a farmer? You know what I mean? Um, but so it's a great question. And, and I guess maybe it'd be more beneficial to actually tell you, walk you through a year at a glance of the program because the program is one year, 52 weeks. We take them through. Uh, I say, I like to say all of our growing seasons, some would argue it's three, some would argue it's two, some would argue that it gets really hot and then just a little not as hot. (laughs) But I like to say that we take them through all of our growing seasons. Uh, And so we start with the basics. Uh, You know, it sounds arbitrary, but we start them with weed control um, and, uh, uh, you know, how to plant something. I mean, very, very small. And then we slowly grow those skills. Um, uh, And upon graduating, they will they will have a fully fledged out business plan um, uh, and be ready for production. And so trying to. Trying to describe to someone what urban farming is, uh, is, is a little bit tough sometimes because they're like, well, you have those gardens over there. And we're like, well, you know, we produce a ton of food in a very, very tight area. I mean, obviously we're on seven acres, so seven acres isn't a ton of land, uh, but there's certainly smaller urban farms within Houston. Uh, and then we take that food to market, you know, so that, that's a farm in my book. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that's that's kind of your your farmer training program. Is that different from the veteran program training program yeah, you're a part yeah, of? Yeah, that is that that is what the veterans that is what the veterans okay. go through. Okay. And so why uh, why why veterans? Of course, you're a veteran yourself. Um, why why did Hope Farms decide to kind of kind of focus on that veteran community um, and 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 help them out? 
So that's a really good question. Uh, Hope Farms received the AgVet grant. So it's through the USDA and kind of partnership a little bit with the Farmer Veteran Coalition. And so um, that's where we meet up is at the Farmer Veteran Coalition conferences, which was in Texas this year. Uh, so we got the grant through the USDA uh, and it gave us the money to start the training program. And, and it looked at several things. Uh, the first thing was um, a lack of agriculturalists. I mean, I don't need to go into the statistics of the average age of the farmer. Um and the population that we feed, we've all heard it, right? Uh, but it was, instead of just reciting that statistic, what group can we focus on that could be key components to lower that average age? And so it's almost like, well, wait, what group has a very high unemployment rate? And unfortunately, that's veterans. And so that was the first thing is, um, how, do we create how do we create jobs and get these people producing foods? Uh, and, and then the next thing is agrotherapy. Uh, agrotherapy is an extremely beneficial tool in, uh, in healing uh, many, many different issues. But uh, I think we can all attest to there's something, to, there's something that feels good about, you know, getting your hands dirty and, um, and being out in the field. And so that's a, that's a big component, too. It's hard to quantify that component like we can with job creation or, or food put back into the market and things like that. But it's certainly a huge benefit. And so, um, so and going also back. Pride. I think there's a huge pride thing that comes from the veteran community. And so when, when you kind of take all of those things, really veterans are kind of the perfect food producer. Uh, and the USDA thought that as well. <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> well, it's always good to have the USDA on your side. I can promise you that. Cause you oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> so we're going to go back. So Tyler, when you were like growing up, did you ever see yourself in agriculture of that sort or did you see yourself doing something else? Yeah. So I definitely, I mean, I didn't even know what urban farming was, you know, we were, we were out in Alvin and, um, I, w what I knew of a farm was what I saw, you know, everyone around us was doing hay and cattle and rice, big rice country down here. And then, you know, my family was farming strawberries and mixed fruits and vegetables. And, um, I, I, no, the answer, the, the short answer is no. Uh, I, I think the longer answer is I, I had a dream of becoming an agriculture science teacher and in a way I'm doing that, not in a traditional manner. I'm not in a classroom in a high school or running the livestock shows or anything like that, like I was, but in a way I still feel like I'm te teaching agriculture science just not at high school. So yes and no, I guess it's the easy way to say. I get you. So I'm stalking you on your Instagram right now. Yes. Uh, it's going to be forward with that. Uh, what, what Dan, Dan why don't you give, give us that handle real quick for, for Tyler. Oh, Farmer Froberg. Uh, that's it. And it's yep. a, it's a cool page. I'm you've, you've been on MDITA, I believe, uh, as yes. a host. Yes. And, I, uh, I think it was a, in January, I think I hosted my day in Texas Ag. I think you're right. Yeah. So at some point, uh, what all do you have on this thing? I'm seeing everywhere from goats to like a humongous tiller that I would not want to run to, to chickens. To, uh, there's just everything. Why don't you tell us what you raise? Yeah. So first off, welcome to diversified urban farming. Uh, <laughs> The, the cool part about it is, so first off, we're a nonprofit. So uh, we, we're a little bit more unique than some of the other farms. Uh, but starting with starting with our, our fruits and veggies, um, 
which is the main focus of not just our training program, but Hope Farms. And so we raise we raise as many seasonal fruit and vegetables as we can. So, for example, right now, if you come out on the farm, you're going to find uh, out in the field, you'll find broccoli, uh, several different types of kale, kohlrabi, bok choy, uh, lettuce, um, cauliflower, carrots, radishes, turnips, all that good stuff. If you step in the greenhouse, since we're getting closer to spring, you're going to find all of our tomato starts, our pepper starts, uh, cucumber starts, all of our spring vegetables coming along. Uh, we do raise a few chickens for eggs. Uh, we're actually in the process of expanding our uh, our egg production. I had my my trainees in a in a welding shop today. We're welding up a new mobile chicken tractor or mobile chicken coop. If you're not familiar with the term chicken tractor, um, to raise some, to raise some pasture eggs, and then yeah, so uh, we have Hope and Harmony, the two the two goats. I won't lie, they're not they're not production animals. They're very much therapy animals for my trainees. Uh, but they're there. Uh, we like to say that, you know, um, the, the, the livestock brings people to the farm and then they stay for the vegetables. <laughs> right. I would have a hard time staying for any vegetable. But uh, yes. Dan, Dan, Dan is a big fan of goats, Tyler. He, he is a, he's an advocate for goats. And don't uh, let him tell you anything else. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> Wade's lying to you. No, I, I, I don't like goats, but my uh, hopefully significant other will raise them. And uh, we'll go from there, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, so tell me about your, your tractor. What, what did you call it? A chicken tractor coop? Oh, so, well, so what I was talking about was our mobile chicken coop. And so um, in, in a lot of sustainable farming right now, what's becoming more and more popular, it was really popularized by Joe Salatin over in uh, Virginia. Uh, is, is pasture raised poultry. And most pasture raised poultry are raised in, they're, they're called chicken tractors, but really it's a mobile chicken coop. And so it's a chicken coop, uh, usually with wheels or, or on sleds or something, and, and you move it every day so your chickens get fresh ground. And so that, that we're going to move all of our egg production to chicken tractors. Gotcha. And so, so that way – yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say the machine that you saw on my Instagram, uh, that's called a BCS walk-behind tractor. And so – uh, we're, we're a polyculture, right? We're extremely diversified in our vegetable production, which when, when you're that diversified, it makes, uh, getting a tractor into the field harder because we're growing row by row instead of field by field, like you will see in, in other operations. And so any, any of our tractor work is done by that little walk behind machine you saw there. It's called a BCS walk behind tractor. And it's got most implements that you find for a full-size tractor. So it's got a rotary plow. It's got a power hera. You can get a sickle bar mower for it, a baler. You can get almost anything for that, for that walk-behind tractor. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at it really closely. And see, around here, I, I grew up with a little bit of a garden. And I remember tilling the ground one time. And literally, I was just shaking the whole time through. And it looks like that thing's pretty comfortable to run, at least, from what it seems so you can attach different things to it that's that's pretty neat that way you can get through rows and and have smaller plots and you're not just stopped at having to be able to use a tractor i mean a small tractor even a utility tractor to get through things so that's a really cool machine i'm it's a it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty neat machine uh we like it we like it it's nice so with your chicken i can't even get the name right what was it called again? I don't know. Chicken just, tractor. Chicken tractor. There we go. So 
Do y'all move that around on your ground that you're going to be raising stuff on so you can have some fertilizer in the soil that's natural? Correct. And so it, it definitely aids in in your soil health and soil biology. It helps. It doesn't just help build organic matter. It really it can really jumpstart your soil biology. And so my family is actually out in Alvin. My, my uncle is raising broilers in these. And so he's running them over like this past season, he ran them over where he would be planting mustard greens and just, it was a night and day difference growing healthier plants, um, using a whole lot less fertilizer and products. It was, it was really good stuff. Really good stuff. Gotcha. So going back to your program, this is a, this is a nonprofit program on average. How many veterans do you have, you know, in a process of through your year, year of teaching? So our goal is to always be growing every every class. Uh, right now we have three trainees, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're about six months in, uh, doing very well in the program. April first, we'll start a new a new class that will kind of be going um, in tandem with mm-hmm. with the current group, um, and we we do that so we can have some teach the you know some student teaching student led teaching going on things like that. Uh, right. And we hope to have it five to seven. We hope to slowly increase, and especially as we master our skills. Um, the, the program is kind of growing and evolving as it, as, as we go on. And so as we get better and better at it, we, we hope to continue to grow and we do hope to, to open the program up to non-veterans in the future. Um, for anyone interested in, in, in getting into urban farming, uh, urban farming's really taken off in a lot of other metropolises, but not in Houston. There's certainly urban farms out there, but we believe the market is getting ready to just blow up for demand. So, so go uh, ahead, Wade. So you, you speak of demand, um, and you kind of mentioned where where you're. I mean, that you market products. How does if somebody lives that lives down there? Um, how how do they get their hands on on some of your produce or some of those eggs? Yeah, so so we have our we have our market every Saturday morning on farm, and so it kind of creates a unique experience where you can travel to this urban farm. It's just you know it's it's not a really it's not a far drive for anyone in the city, you know, uh, and so you get the opportunity to come out to a working farm and buy our produce right there right there at our at our market stand on farm. Uh, we 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 do try to hit a few markets here and there, but. Uh, we do most of our selling from from the farm. We do have a unique opportunity, though, uh, for those maybe who 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 don't have the opportunity to travel or want something a little bit more convenient. We also do a CSA, and so um, if you're not familiar with the CSA model, it's basically a subscription box. And so our our subscription goes out every Tuesday. Um, we offer a delivery service as well. You'll find uh, six to eight of our freshly grown, freshly picked that morning items in the box delivered on your doorstep. That's pretty cool. I so who who puts those kind of who's puts those packages together? I mean, decides what what are what are people getting that that particular week? Yeah, so so we do on the farm, um, and it's 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 built based on what's available that week. Um, so. Uh, you know, during, during the summer, you're going to find okra and eggplant in your, in your CSA every week. And, and we will mix it up a little bit. And, you know, during the fall, you'll probably, you're definitely going to find some greens, uh, 
And then we, we try to definitely rotate things like herbs and, you know, we have a few iterations of cauliflower, which is kind of a special treat just because, uh, uh, it takes so long, uh, in ground. And so we have to be very wise on our space. So we can't grow a ton of it, but, um, the, it, it is a different box every week. It's not the same thing. So, um, it's a good treat. It's, it's super convenient, super convenient. And, Direct to consumer is um, for small farms, obviously, is the way to market. And the CSA model really allows uh, a convenient way to market that direct to consumer model. Tyler, I want to backtrack a bit to the to the veteran program. Um, when when those when those students graduate, I'm going to say I'm going to use the word graduate because they're they're accomplishing something and they're and they're finishing something, which is which is something to be proud of. Um, what are what are y'all's hopes and goals for them when they, when they leave Hope Farms? Yeah, so I I've just basically been going around and knocking on doors and um, trying to convince people to let us use their property. Um, and you get a whole lot of no's, but every now and again you get a yes, uh, which is fantastic. And I have three students and I have three yeses, which is a good place to be. But yeah, so our goal is for them to operate their own farm, um, and our. Our further goals are to keep their operating and startup costs as low as possible. And so upon graduating, they'll be put into our co-op and they'll be able to use our BCS walk tractor. They'll be able to use some of, you know, they'll be able to come to our market. They'll be able to, to have access to the resources that we'll have available to them. And we found some community partners willing to allow them to use their land, which obviously land is, is, if not the most, the second most expensive startup uh, when starting a farm. And so, uh, yeah, we, we try to keep their operating costs and startup costs low as possible um, and then go from there. Business so, owners, that's the, I, the short answer. Business owners, that's the goal. <laughs> right. So they're raising what they can on what, if, I, if I'm understanding this right, they're raising what they can on, on the land they are able to use and then they're able to use it at your market and make a profit off of that. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So That's what I thought. They could market it on their own. Ideally, right. they would market whichever community they ended up in. They would market it on their own. Um, and if we have a need for something, much like a co-op operates, then then we would reach out to them and say, "Hey, we're looking for this." Uh, there, there's kind of a an untapped market in Houston with the restaurant industry, and so. Um, us and a few other farms around the city are, are slowly but surely cracking away at that. And so we're hoping that that really explodes too, which will create a whole nother market for, for our veteran farmers. So when you talk about providing vegetables for like a restaurant, what kind of health concerns do, do you have versus the restaurant? And then you got old big brother waiting to make sure that you've got everything done right as well. Do you have uh, regulations on that side as well. Yeah, so the TDA's got some pretty some pretty strict guidelines. Now, um, a lot of their guidelines are enforceable based on your gross revenue, and most of us stay under that gross revenue. And so, uh, fr from like a legal standpoint, through the TDA, they can kind of come in and say, "Well, this is what you should or shouldn't be doing." But I mean, we're responsible producers. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. Like, um, we build relationships with our customers and uh, they, they trust what we're growing. Right. Yeah, I was, uh, this is a bit of a rabbit trail, but I was on the phone with a, a Californian or a Californian 
for those who might not understand. And uh, just this afternoon, and she had asked me why I would still continue farming. And it's literally just the relationship that you have with other farmers that goes a long way. So, I mean, Absolutely. yeah, you're talking co-ops, you've got relationships and that, I love it. I love the sound of this. Uh, one question, you so y'all are, y'all are with the Farmer Veteran Coalition, correct? Correct. So we're all members of the Farmer Veteran Coalition. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I was a little confused there. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, wow. This is, I, I'm amazed. I'd, if I'm ever in Houston, I'm going to have to come see this thing. Oh, please and, do. And, and in fact, we, anybody, anybody within the area who uh, is willing to make a drive, please come on out. We're at an extremely convenient location. We, we love having guests on the farm. What, you want you want to give them the address or some kind? I mean, it's, I mean yes, it's, uh, it's how, one, how they can find uh, you. Yeah, so it's one zero four zero one Scott Street, Houston, Texas. For you all uh, that don't know addresses, that's a that's about two miles south of six ten, yep. kind of over there in the two eighty seven area. Yep, yeah, two eighty eight and airport. Two eighty eight. Yep, two eighty eight and airport is the for for those from just the greater Houston area. That's that's the the roundabout location. Two eighty eight and airport. Well, well, Tyler, we're we're getting ready to wrap this deal up. You're you're an educator, you're a veteran, you're a Red Raider. Guns up, folks! Um, thank you, thank you for everything you do. Um, thank you. You're, you're meeting the needs of, of those that need it, and that's that's what agriculture is about. Whether you're you're growing wheat uh, and sorghum and whatever in the Panhandle, or, or or taking care of things in Central Texas, or, or doing things in Houston, um, it's all about taking care of people. Hundred percent. All about What's, our consumer, you know, and like you said earlier, building relationships. That's what. That's what agriculture. That's what farming really, really is to me. You know, whether it's my veterans, my my coworkers on the farm, uh, a chef, a, a consumer coming to our market, or you know, someone that I take vegetables to. Anybody. It's just it's about building those relationships, sharing the good the good food we produce, the good work we do, and just, uh, just building those relationships. It's fantastic. Right. Well, I appreciate the the effort you're putting into this. You know, you're right. Uh, veterans, they're they don't. It's a lo very low, uh, what's the word? Job count for them, and and it's horrible that it's that way in this country because it should be opposite of that. But it's it's amazing that you're taking your time to put this together, and uh, I, I like what you're doing. And you know, if you wanted to end, I think you just kind of did what I was wanting you to do. But if you could end this podcast with uh with something that you want the listeners to hear that you want your hopeful future uh restaurant chef that might say hey i want to have his vegetables in my kitchen what would you say to them to to make them consider uh using y'all as a resource for vegetables yeah so first and i don't want to go on a tangent here but <laughs> first go ahead. i want to say, you Here's know, your platform. do what we do because of the recipe for success organization, which is our parent organization. And, um, uh, they do great work in Houston, you know, they own the farm. Um, and, and ultimately we, we just want to, we just want to produce good food. Um, we, there's a real value in, in people who, whether you grow food, you eat food, whatever, there's a real value in people just breaking bread together. We believe in that on the farm. Um, and that, that's it, man. You know, we just, 
build relationships, uh, building relationships over food that we produce is, is honestly, it's so easy to do, you know? And so, um, I, I just encourage everyone to, um, support your local farmers. You know, it's not just good. It's not just good for job creation and, and all these other things that I talk about. Uh, uh, it, it just, it, it creates a healthy community. So, you know, eat local, buy local, support your local farmers, build those relationships and break bread together. Right. I appreciate that. Well, Tyler, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know you're a busy man. And so we really do appreciate you coming on. And, uh, uh, man, I am, I am excited for your future and, and what holds and with, uh, everything there in vegetable farming. I, I, that's a whole nother aspect of farming I've never even considered. So again, like I said in the beginning, thank you, sir, for your heart, for your service. And, uh, I hope that everything works well for you over there. Hey, thanks for having me again. And again, to anyone listening at Farmer Froberg, I'm on almost all social media platforms. Check, check us out. And if you're ever down in Houston, y'all be sure to come see us over at Hope Farms. For sure. Then that, that website for Hope Farms is hopefarmshtx.org. Tyler, thanks again. We appreciate it a bunch. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much.